0: Welcome to the Next Discipleship Podcast, a resource from Freedom in Christ Church. Our vision is to impact the world for Christ with how he's transforming us every day. On this podcast, we're taking next steps and learning how to be followers of Jesus. We're glad you're here. This is what's next. Welcome back to our Next Discipleship Podcast. This is episode four, which we're going to cover chapter three in the Everything You Need course. Of course, you can find that on our website, uh, freedomkw.com slash next. And just as a reminder, this is a next discipleship resource from Freedom in Christ Church in Kitchener. I'm Tracy, and uh, thanks for joining us. We're really glad that you're here to do this with us. We're back again this week with Pastor Del Wells, the author of this course, and we're going to walk through the next chapter and looking forward to it. We're going to keep digging into that third verse of Second Peter chapter one. So this chapter starts with some incredibly good news. Um, our greatest needs are already provided for. That is pretty amazing. Second Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So we unpacked that last week a little about having already the concept uh, that we have been given everything that we need and to learn how to appropriate that. And uh, that's an amazing thing, because if you ask the average person what their greatest needs were, they would probably list a lot of things that are right in front of them, things that are on their mind right Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Basics like food and shelter and clothing, uh, health issues. Uh, What about that job that they have that they don't like or the one that they're applying for? Um, There's all kinds of things that are maybe happening in their family lives, relationally, uh, people would look at those as uh, their greatest needs at that moment. And it's interesting when you read the words of Jesus, his teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, he says that we're not to worry about those things. We're not actually to go chasing after those things, mm. that that's what the world does, that those that don't believe in God and don't understand the concept that we have a father that provides everything for us. He said, don't worry about those things. God already knows you need them.
0: Hmm.
1: Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. It's worth a read again.
0: Yeah. It's fascinating to think about how that plays out in our everyday life. Like, how can that not be our greatest needs? Mm -hmm. How can those... how can those things not be our greatest needs we talked a, a bit about this in chapter 1 and what happens to us when we focus on our needs without involving god no matter what we perceive our needs to be what what does our life look like when we try to meet those needs or figure those things out and we don't include god in that and what what the picture is there we talked quite a bit about that and i'm working on uh, as we record this, I'm working on a message about finances and giving and Mm -hmm. generosity and those things. And, um, it's, it's just, there's so many practical implications there that affect the spiritual and the spiritual affects the practical and and back and forth it goes. And as I'm working through it, I think I was thinking about this concept. There are so many demands on my, I have three teenagers. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of demands on my money, uh, the things that come in the income that we have. And so again, we come back to this concept. What does it look like? When I trust God with my checking account, mm-hmm. what does it look like when I when I trust Him with those things? And mm-hmm. and uh, you know, again, again, back to chapter one, what does it look like when I include God in every bill I pay and in, in everything I do with my, you know, on a practical sense with my finances? I've been thinking a lot about that.
1: Well, when you stop and if you say, I, "I'm serious about this. I really want to know what my relationship with God is like." Uh, finances uh, are a great measurement. Mm-hmm. Because you look at your finances and you say, what do I spend my money on? And you look at it and you recognize what your priorities are. And so it's interesting to me, I'm a believer in tithing and the concept of giving God the first 10% of everything uh, that you receive in in every way. And I've tested that over decades of life. Uh, my wife and I uh, practice that. We believe in it. Um, we don't feel uh, bound by it or that it's some legalism. Uh, we believe that the Scripture supports it and on and on. But the point is that at the very heart of it is I trust God enough to honor Him with the very first part that I have. That's, that's where I start. And I think that most people don't start there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they 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 will try to fit God in. That's just one example. With money, for example, mm-hmm. uh, tithes and offerings, uh, meek, uh, prioritizing. You know, uh, my life in my material things, uh, so vital and practical. And uh, I think that that's what happens. So finances are a big thing. But you could talk about anything. Your time. Right. You could talk run, about. Yeah which a lot of people today, uh, that's even a, a bigger issue than money for them mm-hmm. um, is their time. Here's what I do know. Um, that when we focus on our needs without involving God, we hinder ourselves from knowing God deeply. That's that's the bottom line. Mm. We put the stress on ourselves to provide what we need. In other words, when we are looking to ourselves as the solution or to try to figure out what's going on in our lives, uh, we're on our own. And and we worry needlessly um, like those who don't know God. That's what Jesus said in, in this scripture I referred to in Matthew chapter 6. That's what the pagans do. They run after these things needlessly mm-hmm. because they don't understand. And so what I would say is that that's what happens when we focus on our needs, on these needs without involving God and prioritizing God, keeping God at the first of everything.
0: We run around needlessly. That's
1: right. That's what Jesus said. We worry
0: needlessly. Absolutely. So what are some practical things that you do to stay kingdom focused? Oh, wow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What do you think the answer to that would be? Oh man. The big three. Yeah. That's what I do to stay kingdom focused. You know, Jesus in this passage of scripture that I just referred to in Matthew six, verse 33, he says, but seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. All the things that we would normally be running after seek first the kingdom. Well, what does that mean? And for a lot of people they get stuck right there, Oh, that's, that's a big concept. I don't understand that. Well, that's why you seek it. You seek it to understand it. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that? Through the word, through prayer, And through the Holy Spirit, the big three.
0: Hmm. It's got to be so practical, don't you? (laughs) You just (laughs) absolutely do. I think we're we're getting the picture. We're getting the picture. Uh Okay, but this chapter that we are in, uh, chapter three of the course, isn't necessarily just about our everyday needs, like our finances or what do we do with our time or uh, how do we solve this problem or that problem. Those things are real and they're important, but that's really not what we want to focus on today. So talk to us about what you mean by our greatest needs that those things have been provided for.
1: Mm -hmm. So I think that anything that you can think of in your life comes under the category of these three, if you look at it that way. And God's already provided for us all of these things. So everything we need for life, which I call our daily living. Because we we know that life can be complicated. We know that life is full of twists and turns. And there's lots of details. I'm not minimizing that at all. I've lived a full life. I I know that. I know all the things that can happen in someone's life, both big and small. And I mentioned some of those just a moment ago, uh, some of the things that we would chase after, that we would be concerned about. The concept that I hope that people will get by taking this course is that in everything for life, Everything we need for life, God's got us covered. Mm. He's already aware. Right. Everything we need for life means exactly that. He's already ahead of us and he's provided whatever's needed for every situation. Already provided. And so we say, Well, but I don't I don't see that. I mean I, I have a need that's due in the next hour, or I have a I need this due tomorrow, and I don't see it yet. And that's true. There are times when We don't see God's provision yet in place, um, and yet we begin to understand that that's not the most important thing. The most important thing for us to do is to trust that God understands it and he has us covered. He's already provided for us. And so we need to remind ourselves that he has the means to take care of whatever it is that we're dealing with in his way. Mm
0: -hmm. When you consider that concept, it's really amazing how that would reduce our stress, mm-hmm. like just in a really practical way, Absolutely. how much more peace we would live with, mm-hmm. uh, when we weren't so concerned about these day-to-day things for daily living, uh, we, we would simplify our lives. Mm-hmm. It, it would, that would totally simplify our lives. Totally. Like we don't understand how this is going to work, but we trust God with it. Um, I can imagine, I mean, maybe it's a rhetorical question, but that you've seen this proved out over and over again in your life. In
1: my life all the times. I mean, I'm just, like everybody else, I'm a human being, and so there will be moments when I begin to worry or I begin to feel overwhelmed with a situation or something's thrown at me that I wasn't anticipating. Uh, and what you do is, over time, uh, you learn to handle those things in the proper way, which is to step back and remind yourself, God's already aware of this. He already knows. He didn't miss it. You no, know, he didn't miss this at all. He knows exactly what I'm facing. And so, what I have to do is accept that everything is already provided. And you know what? Like everything else that we've been talking about, it's a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. This doesn't come natural for any of us. Some people say, Oh, that's so easy for you. This must come natural. It's hard for me. I say, If you knew what was going on in this side of this head of mine, you wouldn't say that at all. All the choices that I make moment by moment by moment to choose to believe God as opposed to believing myself or to believe others or to do whatever else. It's a learned behavior. But I'm telling you, I do have decades of experience which helps me uh, to do it more naturally. It now has becomes my default. Uh, rather than something I have to, oh, yeah, go back to the basics and remind myself all over again. You see, we're wired to control our own lives. Mm -hmm. That's how we're wired. Mm -hmm. We're we're wired to want things our own way. And so we have to consciously choose to surrender control of everything to the Holy Spirit. I love what it says in Romans 8 and verse 6. It says, the mind controlled by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, is life and peace. Hmm. Isn't that something?
0: Well, I mean, I think we could use that. Mm-hmm. A mind controlled by the spirit being life and peace. And peace. Uh, so that's awesome. The the first thing that is provided for us in this, this big concept of everything is daily living.
1: Daily living. Daily, daily living. Okay, the yeah. second one. Okay, the second one is being godly. Everything we need uh, for godliness. And that's a, an amazing thing because you know, when you, when you look at it, we, we realize that we in ourselves are sinners, that we are not people who uh, naturally would want to live the way that would be pleasing to God. And so uh, when we come to faith in Christ, the Bible says that we are now transformed. We are changed. Uh, there's uh, an old that's gone and a new that's come. But that doesn't mean that we know exactly what we're supposed to do every moment from that time on. It means we have to learn how to live that new reality and that new identity. But the great thing is that the moment that we confess Christ as Lord, the Holy Spirit of God comes within us, lives within us. And so we're not required to try to figure all this out on our own. That's why I i 'm always referring to the Holy Spirit as part of the big three in terms of our daily disciplines our moment by moment disciplines, including the Holy Spirit because he 's already in us, and he enables us by the power of God to learn to be godly and to see those changes taking part in our lives. as you know, I just uh, completed a course on the fruit of the spirit mm-hmm. um, and We've made that available for people that want to learn what that means, but that is a cooperation with the Holy Spirit in our lives. It, it's a beautiful picture of the fact that already in us, the moment that we are born again in Christ, the seeds of godliness are already implanted in us now to be developed. So everything that we need to become more like Jesus in the way we think, the way we act, uh, already resides in us. And the Holy Spirit is already there ready to promote that to prom- and to uh, cultivate that in us and to bring it. So we're not required to do this on our own. Mm-hmm. God's already provided for this. Everything yeah. we need for godliness. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's through the power of the Holy Spirit.
0: Right. Yeah. And that course you wrote on the fruit of the spirit, we call it a uh, produce mm-hmm. and uh, we'll link to that in the show notes. So you, you can, gra- as soon as you're done with this one, you can jump right into your next one and just keep growing mm-hmm. uh, all about cooperating with the Holy Spirit. These things already exist because he has everything you need. And that's what a cool concept that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are the benefits of being godly? in every aspect of my life, because sometimes when I think about uh, godliness and holiness and those things, I wonder if folks who are listening or people who are, have a kind of a predetermined idea about what it means to live as a Christian might think, that they'll never have fun again. Mm -hmm. Like we're just going to, like, that's just it. We're just going to have to live by all these rules. And like they hear godliness and holiness Mm -hmm. and, and those things. And they think, well, that's the end of my fun. Mm -hmm. So, but what's, what's the, what's the benefit? What's the upside to living a godly life and letting these things be developed in you?
1: So I think the opposite of that is true. I think the truly fun life, the, the great life, the blessed life is, is the godly life. Because I see the evidence all around me: people who think they're having fun, people are are, are living for themselves, people who are giving in to the sinful desires uh, in, within them, and and the, and the results of that, the chaos it creates for themselves, the uh, the damage it does around them. And I look at this and I go, "Wow! I want the best life. I, I want I want a life that is full." And, and, and satisfying and sustaining. So I think there are a few things, uh, benefits. The first one I would say is that when you're godly, you will experience and understand God's true nature more deeply. Uh, you only understand God more the more you become like him. And you understand how important that is in your life. When when you're not, uh, God is just some concept that's way off. And and you and as you've mentioned before, you see that as something that's restrictive and and is is going to be uh, um, binding me and holding me back from really uh, having a life that I enjoy. Uh, when the opposite is true, because when you get to know God, you you understand that life uh, to the full is what what Jesus has brought for us. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things you understand, and experience God's true nature more deeply when you're godly, because mm-hmm. un- unless you're godly, you can't even be in God's presence. Mm-hmm. You, you can't even really know unless the Bible teaches us. Mm-hmm. The second thing is that you build a good character that will set you apart. Uh, and I think that in our world today, <laughs> we're so desperate for people with, with good character. Mm-hmm. And somebody who is godly is building a good reputation Uh, is building respect, is building credibility, and that's something that you'll bring to your life the more godly you become. Oh yeah, people will make fun of you, people will take advantage of you, that, that's, but they will anyway. I mean, it doesn't matter what what you're choosing to do in life. The the, the environment that we live in today of, of criticism and and all the things that people are doing to one another uh, doesn't exempt us in, in any way. And so I would rather be godly, have a reputation that can be counted on and dependent on. And that's what you do. And the other thing that I would say is that uh, as a benefit of being godly in every aspect of my life is that I make a positive difference in every situation I'm in. Everywhere I go, I have the potential to make a, a positive impact, and those are those are huge
0: right so we have been given everything we need, so that's for daily living, it's for being godly, and then the third one is we're we have everything we need to obey our calling. let's talk about that a little bit
1: mm-hmm. and so our calling is by God to become uh, conformed to the image of Christ, to become godly and, and to live a life that's pleasing to him. That, our calling by God is to live as part of the family of God. So we are all called. We are all being called uh, to come into God's family. Not everybody responds to the call, uh, but those who by faith in Christ choose to become uh, obedient to that calling. And and a new era begins in our life. And so we become part of God's spiritual family, and we begin to enjoy uh, the benefits of that that we just talked about. But we also understand our responsibilities of being part of the family. And we, every day, have something uh, to do that is productive, productive. That is, that is effective and that is beneficial, uh, not only for our lives, but for those around us and for the world in which we live in. And so uh, we are uh, called by God into his family. We can go beyond that, and there are other callings that God has for us that we can learn about, specific callings, uh, life calling uh, that God wants us to do. But generally speaking, every person has a calling from God, mm-hmm. and that is to know God and to live for him.
0: And the idea that that calling has already been provided for Mm -hmm. everything I need to follow it. It's not like, well, I I see this beautiful picture in front of me and I, there's no way for me to get there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But everything you need to make those steps, to make those changes, to become that person or to have that character or whatever it is, or even as you said, other callings like to uh, respond yes to a ministry or something that he might have for you. All of that's already available.
1: It's already available.
0: It's already available.
1: There's an old expression we used to use, and that is God's calling is God's enabling. Mm. And that simply means that if God truly calls us, he's already made the provision for us. Mm. He's already going to enable us to do it if we're obedient to it. Right. And that's pretty comforting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pretty comfortable. Unless you're really, you know, really high on yourself. You think you have all yeah. the answers, well, but then you're most in trouble. <laughs> of us feel like we probably don't feel quite equipped. Exactly. I used to hear it like this, uh, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's a great way to put it too.
0: So it's pretty exciting and also pretty overwhelming to be considered a child of God. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in there. A lot of provision for me mm-hmm. just because of Christ. I am a daughter of God. Mm-hmm. It's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you would really understand this as an adoptive mom. Uh, I just love this whole concept. When people get a hold of this, it changes everything. I, I believe your self-concept, you know, which we hear a lot about today, trying to develop that, a healthy self-concept. But just think about this: by God's choice. This is by God's choice. He chose to adopt me as his spiritual child. God chose me. Mm-hmm. Just as a, an adoptive parent it chooses that, that child or those children uh, to be part of their family, uh, th- that is an amazing thing. And so I, I, I look at that, first of all, to be overwhelmed uh, by that is uh, so important. But just think about the spectacular benefits of being the child of God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's of course, what we're touching on here in, in this particular study, uh, the benefits of being in Christ and all things that are there. Think about our in- internal inheritance uh, that is never exhausted. It's never exhausted. As much as you use, as much as you implement, uh, as, as much as you think um, has been uh, gone, uh, there's, there's more. God is is totally unlimited, and so uh, that's tremendous. So I just also uh, referred to in the last comment about the benefits, but also the responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And so when I see myself as a child of God, I realize that I'm part of a family, and I'm I'm part of uh, other brothers and sisters uh, in Christ who are on the same journey. Mm -hmm. And so I can be aware of them and try to encourage them, even as they're there to encourage me. And together we want to be a family that brings glory to God, that honors God.
0: That's awesome. So at the end of this chapter, here are some application points to help drive these concepts home, that absolutely everything that we need has been provided for. And so here's the first one. Think of some things that you can do to remind yourself that God takes good care of you? What are some things that you can do to remind yourself that God takes good care of you? I'm thinking about what that might look like in my day-to-day life. Maybe in my checkbook, I have a, a scripture verse that God is my provider. Maybe on my schedule, um, you know, it says, God first. You know, How does this honor God? Whatever. Maybe there are some things you can do every day to remind yourself that God takes good care of you.
1: I think a couple of practical things that we might uh, maybe minimize are, one, praying before we eat our meals mm-hmm. and thanking God for that provision because it reminds us that God has provided for us. Right, and we yeah. need to stop and do that. This mm-hmm. isn't something we just breeze over, but something we need to take seriously. And the other thing is if you're a parent, a mom or a dad, uh, with your kids before they go to bed and praying with them and teaching them how to pray uh, at the end of the day reminding them uh that God has given them this day and and everything that's in it and everything that we have. Uh I think those are a couple practical things that we would all be aware of but uh, sometimes maybe minimize and, and don't look after. But those are uh, really good practical reminders.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, next consider what you might have said your greatest need was before this teaching. And I wonder, has your perspective changed at all? What, what do you really think your greatest need is? Not what's the most pressing or the feels the most urgent, but what is your actual greatest need and has your perspective changed on that as we've talked through what has been provided for us today? Uh, thirdly, think about what you can do to understand that God will provide for you every day. Think about what you can do so that you can understand that God will provide for you every day. What would it take for you to, to, to really trust him? with what you need today, whether that's emotionally or spiritually or practically or whatever it is, what would it take for you to believe that he really will meet you in that place?
1: One of the things that I would uh, throw in here, of course, i mentioned it earlier uh, in this podcast uh, is the area of tithing. So if you're a follower of Christ and you're not a tither, eh, and that's uh, maybe a new concept to you, or you say, I don't believe in it or whatever, I would encourage you to think about implementing that in your life. Study it. Think about it. Talk to somebody who is uh, an experienced uh, tither and ask them what that takes, because that's what it does for me. Mm -hmm. That reminds me on a regular basis that God is my provider. Mm -hmm. I I look to him for everything and how God has blessed my life. You've heard me say uh, hundreds of times, of all men, I am most, most blessed. blessed. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and I really believe that. I really feel that because God has blessed me. And I really believe that this sets something in place. Uh, even if you're not a tither, start. Start moving in that direction of of honoring God with your finances. Uh, giving to the local a church that you're a part of. Uh, that the ministry can go forward. And you sow into uh, the gospel in, in that way. I'm telling you. It's a great thing. Teach your kids how to do that. I mean, it'll bless their lives. And so I just throw that in because that's I, I, a very practical thing that a lot of people t- tend to push off to the side because it's, you know, it's something I got I to really put my money where my mouth right. is.
0: But, what a, practical, but it is, it is, what a practical way to say to God, I trust, I trust
1: you. you. I trust you.
0: I trust you. Mm-hmm. a difficult one.
1: Absolutely. For a lot
0: of people. um, Absolutely. If it's not your habit, it's certainly difficult to get into, but it really does say, God, I trust you. Mm -hmm. Um, Next, think about the benefits and responsibilities of being part of God's family. We talked already a little bit about this, but think about it for yourself. Think The benefits and responsibilities of being part of God's family. Next, ask the Holy Spirit. Oh, here we're back to the, mm-hmm. the third point of the big three. Ask the Holy Spirit to reinforce the reality that God has already provided everything you need so that you can live each day with confident expectation. So you know, we're, we're asking the Holy Spirit, you know, remind me, remind me, remind me. I need to be reminded. I'm going to forget. I'm, I'm going to get anxious. I'm going to worry. I'm going to chase after the wrong things. I need you to remind me. And you know what he does?
1: He reminds you. He reminds you. (laughs) you.
0: (laughs) If you ask for it and you expect him to do it, uh, and you're really, I, I, that's been my experience too. He will bring those things to mind. And of course, we're going to continue to quote second Peter one and three from memory. We just want to make sure that's just hidden in our hearts, that that scripture has roots in our lives and it's, it can't be quickly uprooted. Um, we talked a little bit in the first week about how your Group who had just gone through this at our connecting point tables back in the early part of this year had kind of set some goals and some intentions for this course. And you talked about some of the how they were, you know, really inspiring to you and meaningful. And so we want to throw that out there again in case you didn't pick up on that in that first episode. And we're about halfway through now. Have you set that goal? Have you have you decided what it is that you want to get out of this course and, and what it is that you're willing to put into it? Um, we really would love for you to do that so that in, over the next few episodes, as you continue to listen, that you can look back and say, yeah, God really did meet me in this place, or I did learn about this, or I did deepen my knowledge of God in these areas, or whatever your goal would be.
1: No, and I would just uh, like to finish off by saying that To relate everything in your life to these three major needs is so important because what you'll find in daily living, uh, you'll have assurance and confidence like you've never experienced before. Uh, In being godly, it'll give you a standard to live up to. A lot of people today don't know where to go. How do I become a good person? Well, this is what you do you learn to be godly. Mm -hmm. And, and, Obeying your calling uh, will uh, give you uh, a purpose for your life, will give you a mission to follow. And it will help you to uh, frame everything that you do, uh, to look at it even over the long term. And uh, so I think those things are, are so important. Those will be beneficial if you look at life again under these three needs, these three greatest needs already provided.
0: Awesome. So in our next episode, we're going to continue to work through this passage of scripture from second Peter chapter one. We're going to look at specifically verses five and uh, all the way through nine, and we're going to find in here action items and results. So if you love lists like me, you love like that, that kind of thing, you like to check things off. You like to understand how things work. You're going to love this next episode. So stick with us. We're looking forward to diving into it in episode five with you. Of course, don't hesitate to connect on all of our socials at freedom church KW get into that community. Who's talking about, uh, this course on our Facebook group, next discipleship, everything you need pretty easy to find on our page there. Our mission is to equip people to live Christ-centered lives through daily transformation. We hope this episode has done just that. It's a huge honor to be a part of what's next for you. So thanks for listening.